0: Good morning, everyone. It's Marianne from New Jersey.
1: Good morning, Marianne. Before we begin our Big Book study this morning, a vision for you wants to encourage each one of you to register today to attend the Big Book Convention. This is our personal invitation to you this morning. Come and join us. We want no one to be left behind. The Power of the Big Book, a weekend of inspiration, education, motivation, and fellowship. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, October 30th, 31st, and November 1st, 2015. It's coming up right away. So say yes. Do come. Don't miss this opportunity. Make this your convention. Make this your defining moment as a newcomer, as a returner, as a fellow in the rooms, as recovered. We will be watching for you and saving you a seat right up front. Run to the Vision for You website this moment at www.avisionforyou.info and register today before it's too
2: late. See you there. And good morning and welcome to Overeater Synonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is L and I am a Recover Compulsive Overeater. Today is Friday, August 21st, 2015, and today we're reading from the AA Big Book, and we are on paragraph page 157, the fourth paragraph, starting for an hour, and we're gonna read two paragraphs until preceding the first drink. We're gonna focus um, our comments on the second paragraph and read the first paragraph for context. Today's readers are uh, Augustine R reading the Twelve Steps, Nancy S reading the Twelve Traditions, and the readers for the text are Melissa C, Sharon H, and Angela D. The reference number for yesterday, Thursday, August 20th, is seven nine three seven. OA's preamble is OA OA's preamble is Over Synonymous is a fellowship of individuals. Who through share, experience, and strength and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for membership. We're self supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. O.A. is not f- affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no positions on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of O.A. to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose OA's Fifth Tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry this message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the Twelve Steps and the Twelve Traditions of the Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Augustine R. to read the Twelve Steps.
3: Augustine, press star one to unmute.
0: Good morning, Dew. This is Augustine, our grateful compulsive eater. Thank you for the opportunity to do this service, the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three. praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs.
2: Thank you so much. I will now ask Nancy S. to read the Twelve Traditions.
4: Good morning, Du. Good morning, everyone. This is Nancy S. from Wisconsin, Recovering Compulsive Overeater. Can you hear me okay? The 12th traditions: One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. that sums of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever nonprofessional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, of reminding us to place principles before personality Thank you for letting me do this service and I pass.
2: Thank you very much. Our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your sharing to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To uh, to share, press star one, to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the AA Big Book on page 157. Uh, We're going to start off with the fourth paragraph for an hour. We're going to read through two paragraphs, ending with preceding the first drink. Um, the first paragraph will read for context, and the second paragraph will focus on our comments. And uh, now I will ask Melissa C. to begin our reading. Melissa C. Good morning. Well, good you. morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Good morning, dude. This is Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater from New York Um for an hour, the two friends told him about their drinking experiences. Over and over, he would say, that's me, that's me, I drink like that. The man in the bed was told of the acute poisoning from which he suffered, how it deteriorates the body of an alcoholic and warps his mind. There was much talk about the mental state preceding the first drink. And um, good morning, this is Melissa Say. Um, you know, he was told of the acute poisoning, deteriorates the body, warps the mind, um, and they talked about that mental state. And um, you know, they're spelling out the seriousness of this disease. This is the real deal for me. You know, there's no laughing matter. That's the way I lay it out with people I work with. You know, that's why I guess we start with the doctor's opinion because it really. It lays it out here. Um, my food problem is acute. It's, it's severe. It comes on rapidly once it's activated. And um, it's wrecked havoc on my body. You know, it brought my weight up, my blood pressure elevated. It's messed with my thinking. Um, I spell this out when I carry the message, I explain the harm it has done to me. And how self-knowledge and diets were never enough to ward off the mental twist that precedes that first bite. You know, I tell how um, I always try to stop and I could never say stop. And, you know, I tell my story how this disease has owned me so that there's no mistake. You know, I'm not going to talk about a new diet and I'm not going to, talk about a great exercise regime with people that I'm, you know, carrying the message to. Those are great avenues to pursue, perhaps, but that's not been sufficient to get me recovered. And so, you know, once I drive home the critical nature of my disease and I can see that they're identifying in, you know, then I I um you know, I'm hoping that they're feeling hopeless. <laughs> so that um so that I can uh, make it clear how crucial it's going to be to have a spiritual transformation. And then, in a sense, I can begin to sell the action um, that I needed to take, um, because that's really what's going to come next is, uh, you know, once we know how hopeless it is, um, you know, then, then we share that there's a solution. And, you know, yesterday I spoke with a sponsee who was, I could hear her, um, her willingness start to waver. You know, and so, you know, we have to go right back. For me, I have to go right back to discussing the hopeless nature of this disease that, you know, um, there is no other alternative for me. This, um, this is the real deal. You know, I poison myself. It's acute poisoning, um, which he suffered, at, you know, at the hands of himself, at myself. And um, thank you with that I'll pass. Thank you so much. Um we're gonna open it up to Sharon. Who would like to share? Marcella. Janice Marcella, B. Marcella, Marley, P. Wallie P. I'm Vasa. sorry. <laughs> I I heard someone before Vasa O. I I heard Marcella, Janice, and I think Lori. Uh, Marley. Marley. I'm sorry. Uh, Okay, so I heard Marcella, Janice, um, Lori, Sarah, and Vasa. all. we'll start off with Marcella.
5: Um, good see, morning, uh, folks. Give your initials. Thank you. Sure. Um, my name is Marcella M. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm so grateful for the rare opportunity to be live in this meeting in the loving company of my sponsor and some of my sponsors, I feel very safe um, in this place. And um, I love reading these two paragraphs in which I was reminded how um, this gift was passed on to me. Uh, my sponsor spent, not not an hour, but our initial conversation, I think, lasted like 20 minutes probably. And and that's what we spent. I mean, that's that's exactly what we did in our first conversation, in our first call. She reminded me, of um, the hopelessness of this disease and how it manifested in her, and and then I was able to identify and to say, well, that has happened to me too. I want to say briefly that um, um, there are many of us who uh, reach a horrific bottom of hopelessness and despair inside of the rooms of AA, of OA, like having been having tried to get abstinent, to achieve long-term abstinence, long the state of sobriety, that content, calm, satisfied, useful abstinence that we all want, and, and, and that's what we call recovery, right? That's what it means to me now to say I'm recovered, that I enjoy that state of mind, and not only enjoy it for myself, but also enjoy the ability to try to pass it on to others. So. As as you can see, this wonderful process described in this book, now that we're starting a vision for you, which is the chapter that came into our fellowship, um, describes how I went from hopelessness, complete hopelessness, inside of the rooms of OA. This is it. it. Not even OA is working for me. Like, now, where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? What, what am I going to do? And, and my sponsor offered me hope. And, and now I'm recovered and I'm happy and I'm not that worried about what I ate or what I'm going to eat. I live in a completely healthy, normal body that enables me to have a very, very active life physically, and 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 I spend a lot of time um, trying to carry this message to others. And, and some people might say that I'm addicted to the big book, but the little detail is that being addicted to the big book and its process allows me to have a full-time job, a part-time job, two cats and a cat litter, a mortgage, a beautiful husband that I adore, tons of friends, um, a beautiful garden that I planted myself in, and all of you. So I'd much rather deal with this addiction than with yours and
3: without us. Who L Star one?
1: Hello,
6: this is Janice B. Can you hear me?
1: I can, Janice B. You yeah. want to go ahead and start, and we'll get through back here in just a minute. Just good morning.
7: A
2: technical difficulty. Can you guys hear me? I can now do. Good morning. Okay, good morning. Um, Janice, you're next.
6: Okay, thank you. This is Janice B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Grateful to be here this morning and sharing. Um, the 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 words that popped out for me this morning was um, um, how it deteriorates the body of an alcoholic and warps his mind, especially the warps his mind part. Oh, I um, I didn't know my mind was warped um i food food was the answer to everything it, it, you know i would eat when i felt good i would eat when i felt bad i would i would eat when i was bored i would eat when nothing was going on, thinking that you know eating was gonna make whatever it was better and um and i i I don't think that I ever really. So I avoided. I avoid. I avoided uncomfortable things by shoving food in my in my mouth, and that kind of stopped the feelings of being uncomfortable. And um, and so now, like the food is down, and um, it has. Because I've been in, in and out of OA for many years, um, I I but I never worked the steps. Even though I had been in AWALS and um and read the big book, I never I never got it. That what was required was a change and and how does that change happen? Um well God I don't I don't make the change but I I am responsible for for certain things and one of the things that I'm really discovering right now is is um I have to pay attention to my thinking what are the thoughts that are going through my head and and look at those thoughts because the thoughts are and I never did that before the thoughts generate feelings and Before the thoughts, I I I have to examine the thoughts and 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 look at my actions based on my thinking, and um, and my actions. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm seeing. Um, The actions are dysfunctional; they don't work for me. So change happens by 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 looking at the thoughts, and then changing the behavior, having healthier behaviors. um, I need to talk to other people. Fellowship is important to help me to see what is going on. And as I change my behaviors, God changes me. And I'm very grateful to, um, to be on this road with all of you fellows pass
2: thank you so much um have to apologize to you folks i'm a little bit of hard of hearing and uh, i just want to go through that lineup again um i i got the name wrong instead of laurie it's ronnie p you're up next um paula d you're up next after ronnie and then sarah and then vasa O. that'll be the lineup ronnie p you're up next
3: Press star one to unmute. Okay, it might have been Lari, so. (laughs) Okay, we'll move on to Paula D. Can you hear me? Uh,
2: Yes, please identify yourself. Uh, Paula D. Yes, Paula D., go ahead. Okay, you. thank you
8: for your service Uh, this morning. This would be Paula D., I am recovered. And here we are on this page. I think we've all been here. You know, I just want to take a moment when he said, That's me, that's me. Can you hear the excitement in this voice? Why would you be excited to be able to identify with what they're saying? Finally, finally you find, you find something and you hear it in others. Now we're coming into this place where we should be. The man in the bed was told, he heard, he knew something was wrong. But they gave him that final piece of the acute, now acute poisoning. Poisoning wasn't enough. Let me add to that. We know what it adds to our life, that acute poison, from which he suffered. How it deteriorates the body of an alcoholic and warps his mind. That is the part, that has to be God coming through. You've got a warped mind and a body that's deteriorated. And then another door opened. There was much talk. Now, can you imagine these three men? Well, let me tell you how it happened to me first. I had to make a decision was I going to go into the barroom or was I going to call another? Much talk about the mental state preceding that first drink. Before the drink. First, they started with after the drink. And now we've come full circle to before the drink. I want to say thank you for allowing me this time to share as I anxiously await my fellow travelers. Thank you again, Drew. With that, I do pay.
2: Thank you so much. We're going to try to see if um, Ronnie P. can share. Ronnie, are you available to share?
3: Press star one to unmute. Okay, so we'll move on
8: to Sarah W.
9: Good morning, to This is Sarah W., grateful, recovered, compulsive over here. Thank you for your service. Good morning, Vision, to you. Um, the man in the bed was told of the acute poisoning from which he suffered, how it deteriorates the body of an alcoholic and warps his mind. It was much to talk about the mental state preceding the first drink. And when I was hearing this, I was thinking about the doctor's opinion and the idea that I have to believe that my body, as it says on page XXVI, that my body um, is quite as abnormal as my mind. Um, You know, I don't have good perceptions. Um, And, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg, I can't even get into that. But the reality is that, you know, I kind of feel like I was born this way, kind of like Lady Gaga, you know, I I just feel like this is who I I am. And the way I see the world and the way I see things, it's kind of like I think for some reason this time it will be different. Even though every other time it's been the same way, I think somehow I can do these things this time because it will be different, and it's always the same. It always brings me back to the same place, and that's how skewed our minds can be when we're in the food. And I'm so grateful that I'm not there today. Um, You know, it does deteriorate our bodies. Um, You know, my blood pressure was you know, really sky high, you know, on meds, um, on inhalers because of my, um, you know, acute, uh, my, my body size, you know, almost 300 pounds. And I have no doubt in my mind that I could be 500, 600, 700 pounds. And I don't judge people that are there because it really truly is a disease. It's a disease, um, but there is a solution, and that's the thing about about this, that we have a solution that can help us, but we have to make the decision. It's kind of like I think sometimes we think, you know, God's going to just strike us abstinent and, and, and make it all right. And, you know, I've been through a lot in my recovery. I, I've lost, I've been through a divorce. Um, I've I've had losses as far as, you know, when I was raising grandchildren, I I gave them back to the mom. Um, I've had um, my mother passed away. Um, Life does happen, you know, jobs. I moved uh, to a place where I didn't know anybody except for my husband. Um, We all have these things. And for me, what I have to remember is no matter what, picking up that first bite is not going to fix the issue. What really is going to help me the most is if I walk it through the steps, whatever it is. And I have to constantly remember that no matter what I do or how recovered I get, that at the bottom line of this is I am a compulsive overeater one bite away or just not doing a 10-step away. You know, if I let these things build, I'm going to go right back into the disease. Because the disease is waiting. The disease doesn't take a vacation in the midst of any any day. You know, I have a 24-hour reprieve uh, contingent on my spiritual condition. And I'm grateful to know that today. And, you know, anybody can join along. We're all here for each other. The, The question is we have to want it enough. We can't do it for someone else. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. So um, I have Vasa O up next, and then after Vasa, will be Larry K.
10: Yes, That's thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, do for your service. And I am a grateful believer in, in the 12 steps. But anyways, um, yeah, um, I'm just so grateful that God brought me to the 12 steps. Uh, and um, and my, the big book, Step Study Sponsor, introduced me to the 12 steps. The way they are laid out up to her ability. And I can identify so much with this paragraph. Um, I remember her sharing her experience with me. And I remember saying, That's me, that's me. And then when I heard the solution, I thought, Wow, tell me, what is the solution, you know? And, uh, you know, from feeling so hopeless and powerless over the food, I started getting a little hope because I've been suffering for many years. 25 years with my addiction. Tried to put it down many, many, many times, and gained many, many pounds, and lost many, many pounds over and over. And um, again, I did understand. You know, I didn't know they called it the disease. I didn't know the allergy of the body. I didn't know. I knew the mental obsession, but I didn't know. I didn't know because the, the, my mind will always kept me going into the food. But it says here, um, the the man in the bed was told of the acute poisoning from which he suffered. And, again, nobody had to convince me. I knew my body was getting deteriorated. Uh, and uh, as I was wrapped up with my mind in the food, and uh, I could see developing high blood pressure, diabetes. I was 41 years old when I came to the program. So, you know I was on the way it was um, it was getting progressive for me I was beginning to develop um high blood pressure diabetes I was on the borderline hypertension so the signs were there and the you know and the doctor of course they, they'd give me diet I tried to diet I tried to follow directions I couldn't do it by myself I needed a higher power which I got call God today to help me and the support you know people that had gone before me, I don't know where I'd be today. I'd be probably very, very physically and emotionally, mentally sick woman, or I might be even dead today. So I'm just so grateful. And this is what I do. This is what is my mission, you know, my sponsors, are just pass it on to other people that want the program, that want to work the program. You know, I knew I needed the program. I didn't know what to do. I mean, I know I needed help. I just did not know what to do about it till I came to Overeaters Anonymous and I was introduced to the big book and the 12 steps. And um, this is my mission. Again, I do the best that I can to carry people, you know, that, that I was shown. And um, some people want it, some people don't. I'm just so grateful I've stuck with it all this all these years, and I got to see my kids grow up and see I've see, seen them get married, they have grandchildren, and yes, life happens as I go through my life. I'll just wrap it up. There have been a lot of deaths in my family, a lot of sicknesses, but no matter what, no matter what, I know I need to see, stay abstinent to, and get through life as life is laid out in front of me. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you.
2: Um, Larry K., you're
11: up. Hey, dude! thanks so much um, uh, for your service. Um, Larry K., Recovered Compulsive Reader. You know, so so here we have a, a man, Bill Dobson. This guy is completely defeated by this disease. You know, he's in the detox ward of the Akron City Hospital for the eighth time. You know, I mean, I mean he's going to die. You know, fair to say he, he, he is completely blocked off from the sunlight of the spirit. And I know what that, what that feels like, too. And like us, you know, this spiritual toolkit is laid at his feet. And the question is, will he pick it up? Because no human power can relieve him of his alcoholism. No one will ever make a decision for us. We have to make that decision. And alcohol wasn't Bill Dodson's problem, although it certainly seemed to be. Nor is food our dilemma. You know, we're confronted with the decision. Every recovered person, regardless of their circumstances, when they came to the rooms, was confronted with the decision. Will I pick up the spiritual toolkit laid at my feet or or won't I? Will I stay stuck in the disease? Because half measures... Uh, will never work. Temporary sobriety is never a solution. And I've read that Bill, Bill Dodson reflected back years later, he said, and I quote, all the other people that talked to me wanted to help me, and my pride prevented me from listening to them and caused only resentment on my part. And you see, I remember, you know, getting here and, you know, three fast food meals a day with sugary dessert items in between. That was a typical day for me. And I was miserable spiritually, emotionally, physically. I was miserable. And this toolkit was laid at my feet, and all I wanted to do was be thin and continue to eat the way I always have because that was the solution that made me feel better. I didn't want what was being offered to me at the time. This program works for anybody who is willing to follow it precisely put down your food follows the steps precisely that's what bill you know bill Dotson essentially did is he followed this prescription and you know he lived another 19 years from uh, 1935 and he never had a drink again after being in detox for the eighth time can you imagine the hopelessness he must have felt can you imagine the uncertainty that he must have felt if this was even going to work I didn't think this was going to work. I didn't come here for a spiritual awakening. What does that have to do with my problem? Everything today. God, remove the obsession. That's the only reason I'm absent today and a change man. With that, I'll pass. Thanks.
2: Thank you, Larry. And we'll continue on this paragraph for shares. Anyone else would like to share on this paragraph?
12: From Upper Westchester.
2: I heard Bella G Angela D. Anyone Sally.
13: else? Sally. Sally. A. Leah. Ruben Leia
2: K. Ruben S. Suzanne K. Suzanne K. Okay. We'll start off with that lineup. Um, Bella G, Angela D, Sally A, Leah M, Susan K, Ruben S, and Susan K. Um, We'll start off with Bella.
14: Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, too, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow. And rocks his mind. Yes. Yes, I know exactly what it means. I was there before the program. I didn't have a mind. I didn't have a mind, and I didn't know what is a mind. I I believed in wrong beliefs, and I gave so much power to those beliefs. I believed that, you know, my life is a war. I believed that the people are my enemies. I believed that I have to be a people pleaser. I believed in my power, and I thought that all of these beliefs are so good and they are the real. My life was a war. I didn't live. I I completely didn't live. I I gave power to the food, and I believe that the food is my best friend. I believe that the food is my solution. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. When I came to the program, I found what means a mind. I found that, wow, it's such a relief. I can live according to my mind. Yes, I I I have a healthy mind. Yes, thank you, God, that now I know, I accept and admit that as a human, and as we all are human, I am powerless. And I am powerless not because I was punished. No, not at all. I am powerless because this is the way that God created me. This is the the way that God expects me to live and thank you god now my mind is directing me that you know i am powerless i want to give to 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 let go of my power and my control because this brings me again and again to a poisoning body thank you god that today i have the opportunity to use my mind that god gave me and to be connected to a loving and accepting
2: power. Thank you for
7: letting me share, and I pass.
2: Thank you, Bella. Angela D., you're up.
7: Oh, good morning. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, and my name is Angela D. from Upper Westchester. Bella, ditto, and thank you. I am poisoned in my mind. I've been poisoned in my mind all my life. I was in OA for so many years, and and the poisoning in my mind kept going every single day because I didn't know where to put it. I went in for the diet, okay? I wanted to lose weight. I did, up and down like a yo-yo all the time for 20 years. And then it finally hit me, a vision for you. You're going to work these steps. And these steps is what did it. I have a power greater than myself to help my warped mind. To help the allergy that when I pick up the food or the drink, my mind gets poisoned. And now I have a way out of... It's about life. It's about how you're going to lead life. It's about every day... Getting on my knees and praying for God to bring me to his twelve steps and to pass the message, so this guy's mind was poisoned, so was mine. There's much talk about the mental state preceding what that first bite. I can take that first bite, yes, but not if i 'm spiritually spiritually fit. With God and the program, and with that, I pass and God bless.
2: Thank you, Angela. Sally A, you're up. Sally A, press star one. Yes.
12: So sorry, do I was right in the middle of unmuting. Good morning, A for you. Good morning, do, and everybody. Happy Friday. It's Sally A, recovered compulsive overeater in South Jersey. And um, just, I, again, I ditto everybody who's been speaking on these, on these terms. And this page is so awesome. I just love the way the book is written. So we see they give the guy two days to dry up a little bit at the top of the page, two days later. And um, then the next paragraph, built, Dr. Bob comes in and using his medical terminology, he tells them, we're here to give you a treatment. That is medical terminology obviously spoken by Dr. Bob. And then they listen. They let the guy speak about his fear and tell his story and weep on their shoulder the last three times I got drunk on the way home. And he's telling them what he's afraid of, and so they let him speak. And then they get to their experience, and now they get to the the heart of the matter because we really have to understand what we're dealing with. The man in the bed was told, and this is our job. When well, we're trying to explain this to people that are suffering. We have to explain the nature, of this, the nature and the severity of our disease, the acute poisoning, how it deteriorated our body, the warped mind, and there was much talk about the mental state preceding the first drink. Interestingly, as we read the big book in the forward, the very first line of the forward, it tells them 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And then it goes, of course, into the doctor's opinion. Sarah did a beautiful job of sharing XXVI, where it talks of the torture, that we who have suffered alcoholic torture must believe, we must believe that the body of the alcoholic is quite as abnormal as his mind. And then the next chapter, every chapter is going to speak to this. In Chapter 6, we see, I'm sorry, in Bill's story on page... At the bottom of the page, it says, The mind and body are marvelous mechanisms for mind endured this agony two more years. The mind and body. And then we go to the chapter, There is a Solution. Page 23, top of the page, it tells us, Therefore, the main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than in his body. Not to say that the body is not, has not got a big problem, but that the main problem centers in our mind. Page 35 talks about that a little bit more because the crux of the matter is that even if you're absent for five years, no sugar, no flour, no peanut butter, no this, no that, it's your mind, the marbles floating around up there that are going to trip you back into the food. And, and I want to just give you one more that I think is, is really quite, quite powerful. Bottom of page 92, continue to speak of alcoholism as an illness, a fatal malady. Talk about the conditions of body and mind, which accompany it. Keep his attention focused mainly on your personal experience. Explain that many are doomed to never realize their predicament. What's their predicament? Here is the 157 again. The acute poisoning, which we see on page 133 a body badly burned. It deteriorates the body. And the warping of our mind. There was much talk about the mental state preceding the first drink. People have to understand this is not about going to um, Weight Watchers and just focus, focus, focus on the problem, the body. The real problem, the crux of the matter, top of page 35. Time. Thank you, Du. The warped mind, the mental state preceding the first bite. Thanks for letting me share with that I have.
2: Hey, thank you so much. Leah M., you're up.
13: Thank you, Du. Um, you know, I'm just taking a look here you know, at the technique they're using. I mean, in that previous paragraph, you know, for an hour, the two friends told him about their drinking experiences. So who's telling? Well, Bill W. and Dr. Bob, who are recovered, they uh, have a responsibility and and an obligation now to carry a message. And there's a specific technique going on in this story that we're uh, studying, you know, so they tell him about their drinking experiences, now they're telling of the acute poisoning from which he suffered and how it deteriorates the body of an alcoholic and warps his mind, there was much talk again, recovered people are carrying a message of depth and weight they are armed with facts about themselves, so there was much talk about the mental state preceding the first drink, that's exactly what we do, that's what Bill W. and Dr. Bob are doing, they are conveying the serious nature of the disease. They're giving Bill D an education of the exact nature and condition of his disease of alcoholism so they are teaching about that twofold nature of the disease the double whammy as i like to call it the first part of the addiction is that bill d is powerless over alcohol he gets uncontrollable physical craving when he takes a drink that's the allergy of his body and what's the second part and the greater aspect of bill d's uh disease well the second part is that he can't manage his own life in relation to his powerlessness over alcohol. He gets a mental obsession that sends him back to that first drink over and over and over and over again and that is the greater, you know, aspect of our illness. Everybody focuses on Bill D.'s uh, inability to show up as a lawyer at his job or attend to his family, everybody focuses on the problems compulsive overeating causes, weight gain, diabetes, heart problems, but that doesn't help you understand compulsive overeating at all, because the real problem is even after all the damage that Bill D. went through, even after the consequences are explained to someone with diabetes or a heart issue, uh, all those consequences consequences explained in excruciating detail, we still go out and pick up that first bite. And you know what? That occurs when you're completely food sober, right? (laughs) That occurs when you're completely stone cold sober. And that is the insanity that the whole book talks about. That's the mental state, that peculiar twist that you and I have where we have no defense against that first bite. We can't remember the suffering. We can't remember the tears. We can't remember the misery. We can't remember. All we focus in on is a sense of ease and comfort, which is going to come at once after we take that first bite. That is the serious nature of our illness. And with that, I've passed. Thanks.
2: Thank you, Leah. And folks, a kind reminder: part of caring is sharing the time. So please be mindful of our three three minute um, three minute share time. Um, Susan K., you're up
3: next. Susan, press star one to unmute.
2: Okay. Uh, we'll move on to uh, Ruben S., and we'll come back to Susan.
3: Ruben, press star I'm one good. to
14: unmute.
2: Thank you Good morning, everybody. Can you hear me?
15: Yes you can okay, so thank you very much for your service and for everybody's shares um it's a it's, it's a very powerful couple of paragraphs um and one that I can relate to a lot, especially right now um you know that i that that process of identification you know that's it that's it that's me what that really tells me is that um I can't do this alone i mean. It's uh I've tried, I've, I've certainly tried. Um, but the bottom line is is that I find God best when I'm surrounded by people who share the same experiences I have and who are in recovery also and are trying to find the same things, you know, trying to recover from compulsive eating. And, you know, I forgot that for a while. I mean, uh I moved to a different city and, uh, you know, I had strong recovery, very strong recovery, and, uh, you know, I failed to build new relationships with people in recovery in my new area. And now I'm paying for it. Um, and, you know, my recovery is not as strong and I'm not feeling connected as I used to. Um, it's, and it's tough. Um, and that's why I'm here. You know, I'm trying to reconnect with people in program and and uh, kind of remind myself that, I really can't do this alone. I mean, it's not a, it's, it's an disease. It's not a me thing. I can't solve this problem on my own. And that means God and other people. So uh, I just want to put it out there that I, I, uh, I'm i looking for a sponsor. Um, I'm, in, I'm in Eastern Standard Time. My phone number is 305-984-6613. And I would appreciate any outreach calls or anything uh, I it. Thank you for letting me share. a past.
2: Thank you. Um, if you stay tuned to the end of the meeting, we will be uh, taking numbers and um, you, uh, in the second hour so that um, you can get that information uh, for a sponsor. OK, uh, Susan Tay, uh, you're up next. Please press star 1 to unmute. Good morning. It's Suzanne Kay. I think you had I had said Suzanne Kay, but you may have said Susan Kay, so um, I think that would be me. So, yes. Okay. Thank you. That. Sorry okay, for that. Good. Thank you. Good morning. Um, I'm Suzanne Kay from New Jersey, and I'm so grateful for all the
0: shares. Very powerful stuff this morning. Um, when it talks about the man in the bed who's told of the acute poisoning,
2: and how it deteriorates the body and warps the mind, um and there was much talk about the mental state preceding the first drink, so for me, um poisoning if I'm putting something in my body that's poisonous, I know that if I take um something that you know like has that cross sign that says don't eat don't drink this, it's poison." you know I know that I'm not going to do that and I know I'm going to get sick,
0: and I'm going to probably die.
2: But if I'm eating, and I know it's a it's poisonous allergy to my body, and I'm eating, I my mind will tell me that it's not poison and that it's okay to have that bite. And um, my mind is always looking for release, as we all are, uh, my alcoholic mind. And in, on page 35, it says that well, we, we will describe... Um, the mental state that would precede a relapse into a eating, for obviously this is the crux of the problem. And I feel this is definitely me quite a bit of, t- of the time. I still feel it's a step one problem, wanting to control my food, wanting to control everything around me. And really thinking I can um, control what I'm eating, so it's powerlessness and needing to surrender um but it was just interesting uh all of the um the shares and and i'm I'm working on this a day at a time, and it is a struggle for me a day at a time, but we only have just for today a daily retreat. so I feel very grateful and blessed that I could participate this morning and thank you for letting me share my pass. Thank you so much. And um, I also would like to share on this paragraph and I'll close it up by saying, um, you know, I want to chime in uh, on the previous paragraph. It says, uh, for an hour, the two friends told him uh, about their drinking experience. And then he was saying over and over, that's me, that's me, I drink like that. And, you know, it reminds me of, the people that have the death and weight, you know, can pass this message on to another person and can win the confidence of another in in a very short time. Um, And then it says that the man was told of his acute poisoning from which he suffered that deteriorates the body of an alcoholic and warps his mind. And it reminds me of, you know, um, when I'm in the disease of compulsive overeating, I don't realize it initially that this disease is progressive, and it's going to deteriorate my body. Um, How do I know that? Well, you know, I gained the weight. I get diabetes. I have other health problems. Um, You know, my body smells a certain way. Um, I get acne. I I have, um, you know, high cholesterol. I have other issues, you know, high blood pressure. Um, so that's how it physically deteriorates my body. Um, mentally, I get warped. I start believing that nothing's wrong when everything's falling apart around me. You know, the unmanageability starts to to overwhelm me. Um, my relationships start falling apart. My finances start falling apart, you know, and it says there's much talk about the mental state preceding the first drink. And that's where we can help. We can help as recover people because we know the problem, because we've been through it. I'm a compulsive ovary. I know exactly all the games I've played. So I can I can identify with another person and they can identify with me because we've been through the same thing. We've been through the same experience. And I'm so grateful that we do have a program, we do have a way out. And this is a vision for you because has given us a vision of what it used to be like, what happened, and what it's like now. And today we can look at those recovered people and see that there is a way out and that God is making a way out for those that really want to take hold of this program. So if you're just coming back or if you're new or um, if, if you're going through this process right now, Just keep coming because you can get this. Others have gotten it. They will continue to get it. And it can be a vision for you, too, um, that you can get this, too, if you apply yourself and go through the process. And with that, I pass. And that comes to the closing of our meeting. Um, I, I thank everyone that has shared uh, please join us for the second unrecorded hour of our study immediately follow after the closing. We will now close with re- the reading of the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And I will ask Sharon uh, H. to close us up with our book is meant to be suggestive only.
16: Uh, thank you, dude. This is Sharon H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Thank you, God. And